of our lives. But it also advises that the end of all things is near. The final admonition is to love one another, apparently because love covers a multitude of sins, and we're presumably going to need that cover. The readings from John's Gospel account end before the resurrection, appropriately so, since Jesus' body still lies in the tomb, and this is just the next day after his death. If we forget about what we already know, then there is some slight measure of hope to be found in some of what we have heard, but not much. As I noted, the first thing I find myself trying to find a way to do is avoid this quirky day in the church calendar altogether. But that's not realistic. It's not appropriate. There is no way to get to the joy of the resurrection without going through all of the other events. The betrayal, the trial, the crucifixion, the death, the burial, and the time Jesus' lifeless body must lie in the tomb. We cannot skip any of it. Easter would have no real meaning without our active participation in all of the events leading up to Easter, regardless of how painful they might be, regardless of how confusing they might be, and regardless of any other excuse we might dredge up to avoid what we have to do. Since we really can't avoid this day, I invite you to take a trip with me back in time in hopes that we can find some meaningful touchstones to assist us with this day. Come back nearly 2,000 years ago with me and imagine that we are gathered together this day after Jesus' crucifixion, perhaps gathered in the so-called upper room. Or perhaps we are at the home of Mary and Martha and their resurrected brother Lazarus. Or maybe we are with Nicodemus or Joseph of Arimathea in a secret place for fear of our safety if we're found out. Where and with whom doesn't matter as much as the fact that we have traveled back in time to the first Holy Saturday. What thoughts fill our minds? What pain continues to pierce our hearts? We might realistically be asking what happened or what went terribly wrong. Is our great teacher, the one we call Master, really dead? How could that be? He was supposed to be the promised one, the Messiah. But didn't he also warn us that he would die? Didn't he try to prepare us for this time? Were we not listening? Did we simply not believe him? Did we just not want to think of this possibility? Jesus is dead. His lifeless body lies in a tomb not far from where he was nailed to that awful cross. He is dead. Why can't we grasp that reality? We sit huddled together sharing our disbelief at what has taken place. We are lost, and we probably have forgotten his promise to bring us to some place where we would be with him again. Our foggy brains likely do not remember very much of what he taught us. Grief has invaded like a mist, and we are numb, somewhat mercifully numb. The uncertainty, 
the confusion, the numbness felt by those of some 2,000 years ago is much like the same feelings we have in our own day when death claims someone we love, someone close to us. So in a sense, we have been where the followers of Jesus were nearly 20 centuries ago. Despite our faith, no matter how strong, no matter how unfailing, I suspect that there are moments after the loss of a loved one when we are as confused, uncertain, and numb as any of Jesus' followers were that Holy Saturday. Yet we know what has been promised to us. We know the faith we have, yet for even perhaps only a fleeting moment, we reach a level of despair at our loss. Does I am the resurrection and the life really mean anything? Do we truly believe that our loved ones have moved into a different plane of existence? Are they not at one with the God who created them? Will we ever see them again? Will we ever experience their presence in our lives? We have nearly 2,000 years of faith upon which to stand. Yet even we are likely to have some doubts. So can we not imagine how those first groups of Jesus followers felt on that Sabbath day when all, absolutely all they knew was that the one they had followed had been killed and now his body was in a cold, dark tomb? It may be easier to identify with them than we might have thought. Yet here we are. We know more than they knew. But for this one day of the year, we must act like we don't. We must act like they acted, with only a fleeting, faint flicker of hope to sustain us that perhaps, just perhaps, what Jesus had promised would still come to pass. He wasn't clear about what to expect. He didn't provide a lot of details. He spoke of rebuilding the temple in three days. We didn't quite understand that. He talked of drawing all the world to himself when he was lifted up. We didn't quite understand that either. A flower blossoms then fades away. Trees die to rise no more. The end is near. The body lies in the sealed tomb. Here we sit. Yes, we do indeed have a couple of thousand years of faith upon which to rest our hopes, but, but do we really think we understand what was to happen, what did happen, what the future might bring? Do we understand any better than they understood? Pray for the depth of faith to help us make it through this day and all the days like this in our lives. Pray that hope really does come with the morning.